my friends, and welcome back to Between Your Ears. Or if you're joining us for your first time, just to let you know a little bit about this podcast, it is Mindset Chats, and it's basically just me having a conversation about things that go on between my ears and things that I think are probably common or or good things to think about maybe to put between your ears. So Mindset Chats and today's episode, as all of them, they come from things that I've been thinking about. And I will say this right now, these are conversations and I literally put down some notes on my page and I sometimes talk it through a little bit out loud, but I just want to come on here and chat. So I've, I've gotten over my perfectionist tendencies a long time ago and this is just conversation. So sometimes it kind of goes all over the map. I go off on little tangents, but today's mindset chat is all around labels and limits. And this has popped into my world in a few different ways lately. But just to start off the podcast, I mean, there are always two sides to every story and there are good things and bad things about stuff. So labels, there are good things and bad things about labels. Uh, I'll talk in a moment about the labels that you're probably used to seeing on clothing and things, but, but labels can create, when it comes to humans, these labels that we put onto people and even things around us, they create separation, which is not a great thing. And they can also create identity because when you hear a label enough times uh, that you are this thing, you are this thing, it starts to create an identity and it just creates limits. So labels can create limits in our lives and that's not a good thing. So I said I would talk about labels in our clothing and soup cans, but yeah, labels can be useful. But when you think about a label on a shirt or a soup can, it tells you, you know, what the shirt is made of, uh, how you take care of it. When it comes to soup cans or food packaging, it tells you what it's made of, what are the ingredients, how to use it. But if we we start thinking about labeling, sewing labels into ourselves and the people around us, we really start to limit our our wholeness, the the uniqueness of each of us, and also our possibilities. Um, Like even as silly as it sounds, but a shirt, we label it, it's a shirt. We label a soup can, it's a soup can that has soup in it. But are there other possibilities? Could that soup be used for something other than just soup? Could it be made into a sauce, perhaps? Or could you use the can as a candle holder when you dump out the soup? Like there's so many possibilities, but when we label something, that's the only way we see it. And that that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'll give you some simple examples right now, and you can probably think of a million on your own. And the, I'll start with some easy ones that are opposites. We label babies as soon as they come into the world, and nowadays it's before they come into the world, as a boy or a girl. First label they get, you're a boy, you're a girl. And so we're getting maybe better nowadays. There's a lot more acceptance and, and things shifting into our expanded possibilities of what it means to be born as a boy, as a label boy, and what it means to be born as a girl, but what you identify with can be completely different. So that's where we are shifting some things, which is good, but it's a slow process. So boys and girls, that's the first label you get. Um, When you go to school, we start to label kids right away. And I was a school teacher. You've heard me say this on the podcast, that the school system, you know, as good as it is, sometimes it's not so good other times, but we label kids as, you know, being in the the fast reading group and the slow reading group, the kids that are, are normal learners and the kids that are above average learners. Like it's, it's crazy. And I realize sometimes that labels can be 
helpful in certain areas to get us organized into different groupings. But if we say the labels out loud or if we, and you don't even have to say them out loud, but as a teacher, you know, if I, you, you treat, you start to treat the kids that are slow learners in a certain way uh, and you treat the advanced ones differently. It's, it's human nature that we start to do that once there's a label in our head. We've labeled the kid. And I remember as a teacher, I didn't want to see the previous year's report card or folder, whatever it was, the file on that child who was coming into my class. And I taught grade one and grade two, but I didn't want to know what their labels were before I got to know them. And that's the thing is we, we get these preconceived ideas because of a label and we don't give the person a chance to be the whole person, to see them as the whole person. We've, we've put them into boxes and that's what labels do is they start to put us into little compartmentalized boxes, which are, you know, great for organizing things, but not so great when we're dealing with human beings. We're energetic beings too. And I'll get into that a little bit, but so boy, girl, smart, slow, athletic, artistic, you know, parents can sometimes start to, without meaning to, <laughs> label their children as, you know, their artistic one or the athletic one and just treat them and continue to feed them this identity because of a label. And again, it doesn't always have to be said out loud, but it sometimes then starts to limit. So the artistic child might want to play on a soccer team for some, you know, community involvement or they've got a good friend or something, meet a girl, I don't know. But if they're sort of seen as the artistic one in the family, they figure, well, you know, or the parents just never give them the opportunity to look into those things. So without realizing it, we can create limits for other people through our labeling and also we create limits for ourselves. Uh, Some other examples I I had that are more as grownups, but, you know, white collar and blue collar workers, those are labels. And if I ask you right now to define it, there's a definition for what that means. So the label has been defined. So we are putting a definition, stamping it on someone's forehead. You know, this is what you are if you're a blue-collar worker. This is what you are if you're... But there's so much more to the person, the human, than that label. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit. One of the reasons this has also come into my space, in my between my ears, is I'm going to address it a little bit later in the podcast, the homeless people in my area. Because that is a label. That is something that when you hear the word homeless, thoughts and words and descriptions to describe that label come to mind. I've had them myself, and I'll talk about them in a minute. But So homeless is another label. Uh, Rich, if we label somebody as rich, we have a preconceived idea of what that means for them. But we don't know their story. We don't know anything about them. But we've labeled them rich. And then I also got thinking about, um, let's say, even a bigger label description, but a woman in politics. So if we label somebody, you know, she's the woman in politics, we've, she may have so many different interests and there's so much more to her, but she's the woman in politics. You know, we've given it a double label. She's a woman and she's in politics. The fastest man on earth. We've labeled him, whoever he might be at the time. Do you think that limits certain things in that person's life? Or the way we, we see them, the way we treat them? Absolutely. So it's something we definitely need to be aware of. And I hope you take some of what I say today and put it between your ears to think about. Another reason this topic came into my head is because I saw something on another human design coach's uh, page recently about the limitations that can come 
in human design. And as you know, I'm very much into energetics and spirituality, and I do love the human design system because it does tell us so much about ourselves in a very unique way. If you're not familiar with human design, think astrology on crack (laughs) because the astrology system is a labeling system. We label ourselves if you're a Virgo and we have these things that we see when we hear somebody's a Virgo, we assume Oh, they're organized. Oh, they're this and that. If we know somebody's a Leo, we assume certain things about them. We just throw them into the box. And it's not always a bad thing because it does, and sometimes it's very true. And I'll say this about human design. I feel that the human design reading, because it's based on your birth time and universal energy at the moment of your birth and lots of other stuff (laughs) that goes into it, but it does have a lot of value. And so it gives you some unique things about yourself, very differentiated. That's for sure. It doesn't label you as one specific thing, but there are certain aspects of the human design reading, the blueprint that say you are this energy type, you are that authority, you have this energy center defined or undefined. But because of that, some people create limits for themselves. And an example, if you're into human design, is a projector who is not designed to have as much sustained energy in a certain, in certain respects, I'm not going to go into great detail as some of the other energy types. But if a projector says, oh, I'm labeled a projector, therefore I don't have energy to do things all day long. I have limited energy. I limit myself. I can't work hard or I can't do that thing because it would be, would require too much energy. That is a limitation that you've put upon yourself. Uh, An open throat. I have an open throat. An open throat means it's not defined and you don't have consistent access to the energy within that center. And the throat center is where you, you know, speak things into being, speak things into or manifest things into the real world. Oprah has an open throat. I have an open throat. I can speak things into the world when I feel called to, when I feel there is an audience or a purpose or something could use this information. So if I put a limit on myself and said, oh, I can't have a podcast, I guess, because I have an open throat, then I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be enjoying what I get to do here. Talk. So we cannot put limitations on, you know, our human design readings. We can't put labels on ourselves that create limitations. And I often say about human design that it is not a prescription. It's not a label to prescribe how to use your human life, just like how to use this shirt, how to wash that piece of clothing. It's not prescribing anything to you. It's giving you a permission slip, is the way we often describe it, to experiment with things. And that's truly what life should be, is an experiment, an exploration of what's the story here? As opposed to this is the way it is. This is the label. These are the limits. This is the prescription. This is what how you take care of it. The directions. No, there's so much more to the story. So with human design, I wanted to throw that in there because uh, sometimes people do use any of those, you know, personality tests, astrology, human design. They take the label and, and use it to limit themselves. They create an identity around that. But that's not what we should do with anything in our lives. Our life is meant to be an experiment, an energetic experiment where we get to explore things. So that leads me into, now we're talking about energy. Another thing that I was thinking about as I thought labels and limits, I, about a year ago, I guess I took a course and it was, 
the course was about homes. There was different speakers. It was an online uh, conference kind of thing, but there were speakers on homeschooling children. There was a speaker on human design and, and parenting. There was uh, an indigenous chief, and I'm not sure what his role was in this whole, you know, conference was. Except that it was all about raising children, raising the next generation, and I really love a lot of the philosophies of the indigenous people and their ancestors and things. And this is the one piece of wisdom that he gave that I really, it really resonated with me. And it was when he was young and he would go out with his grandfather into nature. And this is, he said, this is typical of all of the indigenous people is they didn't, and I'm sure it's changing over time, but hopefully they're holding on to some of those roots because this is a good lesson. They don't label things in nature. Like they, he wouldn't, he didn't go out with his grandfather and his grandfather taught him, that's a tree, that's the river, this is a stone. Instead, his grandfather just said, you know, be with the energy, feel what this is and and look, look, explore with wonder, with your mind, with your senses, not labeling it because then you've put it in a box and you're done with it. It's a, and our words definitely label things in our surroundings and in our lives. So a simple example is the tree. When we say it's a tree and we stop right there, think about it. If you were out in nature and there was a tree, and if you were just being with the energy of the tree, the tree might be a sound. The energy of the tree is a sound, and it might be whistling sound of air blowing through it. It might be the rustling of leaves, but it could be a sound which is more than just a tree. It could be a smell. And that smell could lead to a bigger story because it reminds you of a, a memory you had when you experienced something. So it could be a smell. It's alive. It's energetic. And it could be shade. That gives the tree more meaning than just it's a tree. It could be shade. It's unique. So if we don't look at it and label it, we experience it, we explore it, we experiment with our thoughts about it. It has so much more possibility. And I guess that's what I want us to feel about people too. There's so much more to their story. One last thing about the tree before I leave that analogy is, or that example, it could be a bench. You look at a tree, but it could be a bench. And a bench has a story and a possibility. And I love taking pictures of benches when I'm out, you know, hiking, traveling, whatever. And I have a couple of pictures that I took when I was in Banff recently. One of them was a, a newer bench built by, you know, modern day <laughs> builders. It had some iron work in it and it was a bench, but it was sitting by a lake and it was unique. I took a picture and then I took a picture of an older bench that was made with a log, you know, tree trunk. And there was plants kind of growing all over it and around it. It was, wasn't very well kept on this pathway. But I love to, to think of the bench as not just a bench, but it's a, a seat of possibility and story. Because how many people have sat on these benches? That's always my first thought when I see a bench. I wonder who sat there. I wonder what their story was. I wonder why they sat there. I wonder where they came from. And I said the word wonder there about four times. And that is a good word to put between your ears. Put more wonder into your life. Get curious. So I'm going to come now to the part in the story where I talk about homeless people. That's a label, homeless people. And if you've heard me, I have mentioned it a couple times on recent podcasts because now that I live 
in Edmonton. We're downtown. We're in a high rise, but I love it too, because I can kind of look down upon all the surroundings, you know, that come on a few sides of my building with my big windows. But there are a lot of homeless people in this area. And I was, you know, sort of warned or, you know, a few people I knew said, oh, it's not really a great part of town. So (laughs) that just came between my ears. This part of town has been labeled as not a great part of town. Well, let me tell you, we're close to the riverbank and it's amazing. Just a short walk, two blocks, we're there. It's one block to the farmer's market, which is a great place to go and get things and see, you know, lots of different vendors. So labeling this not a good part of town, that's diminishing the so many good things that are, are a part of this area. And that was just a little aside that popped into my head at the moment. But this idea of homeless people, I see them a lot from my window. I see them when I drive by uh, down on on the street. And I'm going to be very transparent here and just let you know that honestly, I was afraid of them. Uh, I felt, yeah, a little bit of fear. And I was very glad that we're on the 14th floor. We live in a high rise that has a security guard at the front door all the time video surveillance, underground parking so I can go down underground and feel safe uh, coming into the building. And and that's great. But my preconceived prejudice, I guess, of a homeless person was immediately, you know, they're kind of scary. Um, they're dirty. They're unpredictable. They're, a lot of them are drunk and, you know, they probably just drink and they do drugs. And, you know, and I'm not saying <laughs> I've come a long way when I stop myself to be aware of my instant labeling and limitation of the people who we we have called homeless. But homeless people are really just people without a home. And see how that changes things? Instead of us, homeless people sounds a little scary, sketchy, um, like they haven't, like they've just, they're useless. And I'm, I'm going to talk terrible here. Like that's a, that's a terrible image of them, but that's kind of what we can sometimes jump to. They got themselves into this predicament. But if you think about people without a home, do you suddenly feel a little bit more loving to them? They're not just homeless people. They're people without a home. And I'm going to try not to cry while I talk about this part because I feel deeply for these people now. And there's so much more to their story. And I look more closely at them now. Instead of looking away and wanting to rush past them if I'm walking to the market and they're on the street corner. No, they, they're people and they're people without a home. And perhaps some of them aren't working. Perhaps some of them look dirty. Perhaps some of them are drinking. But you know, (laughs) Haley and I have great conversations too as we're driving around. And I said, you know, if I was without a home and I had a little bit of money, maybe I would drink too just to make life easier, to numb the little bit of pain and and to numb the the anguish of how people look at me. You know, it's crazy how we, we, yeah, I could go on and on, but there is so much more to their story. And one of the things that I was reminded of is the story or the movie, um, Will Smith's movie in Pursuit of Happiness, I think it's called. If you watch that movie, you see him as a person without a home and you, you attach to him and you, you feel for him and you like him and he's a person. You see him as a human being. But he's 
you know, it turns out he's, he's homeless. He's a homeless person. But if we don't know his story and what got him there on the street, then we've just labeled him a homeless person. So I'm really calling myself out on this, you know, and I hope that it makes you think maybe not about homeless people. And if you have labeled others unfairly or judged others unfairly and, you know, this, it's prejudice, it's judgment, it's all those things, but just be aware of it. Where are you putting labels on people and you don't even know their story? But also, where are you putting labels on yourself? Because when you put labels on yourself, you're creating limits. So this, as I said, this kind of had a few angles and lots going on for you to think about between your ears. And it's been longer than I expected it to be. But I feel very passionate about this, that we need to see past the labels that we put on each other, whether that's, you know, homeless or rich, like those are big labels for big categories of people, but just the little labels that we put on people and on ourselves, like on for yourself, these little things that you say you are, you know, I'm a procrastinator. That's a label. You're putting a label on yourself and then maybe it's creating your identity and you're always a procrastinator because you've labeled yourself. I have ADHD. If people say that, Maybe they do have that, but once they label themselves as that and don't see the possibilities of living an amazing life with their ADHD, you know, same as kids, if we label them ADHD and put them on some medication and stuff, I'm not saying that's wrong. Sometimes medication is needed for, you know, mental health and ADHD, whatever it is, but we don't need to um, hide it, like label it and limit them because that's their thing. And there's a lot of grownups now who are discovering they have ADHD, but they should never let it limit them. Find ways to explore and experiment with how to live with this unique quality that you have. So let's, let's really be aware of what labels we're putting on ourselves and on others on a big scale, a big humanity scale, and even on a small scale. Are you labeling the people around you by accident? In your mind, you've just given them a label, an identity, um, because it's maybe limiting your experience of them. It's maybe limiting your relationship with them. And you can expand that. You can explore that. There's a lot more to everybody's story than just the labels. Uh, I had written something down in my notes here that I had just, as I was closing off my, my uh, ideas, labels are dangerous if they become bigger than the person. So just like I said, sometimes labels can be helpful to get us organized into certain groups for things that, that are positive, not the negative groupings of people. But labels can be very dangerous if they become bigger than the person, bigger than the human, bigger than the, the, the being, the energy behind the whole story. So thank you for listening uh, to my little <laughs> TED talk here and my, my um, yeah, just so much thought that we need to put into this. All right, I'm going to let you go, but thank you again for the opportunity to get between your ears. And I encourage you, be aware, look with wonder at your life and the things around you and start looking at trees differently too. Expand your horizons um, with the energy that's around you, all around you, whether it be people 
uh, or otherwise. So until next time, take care of that space between your ears. <laughs>